and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sports. On today's show, it's Women in League Round in the NRL, and we reflect on the state of female participation in sport at a grassroots level. Why are trolls and racism back in the spotlight for Aussie athletes? And the man behind the cult Instagram account, the NRL Roast, pops in for a chat. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marley Silva, and as always, I am joined by my very fresh logo-having co-hosts, Keely and Georgia. How are you guys? I'm so good. Yeah, no, I'm good. It's been a good week. Um, I had a fun-filled weekend. I've been practicing my braiding. I've got my hair in braids today, which is bringing back the 12-year-old self in me. Um, Yeah, it's been a good week. What about you, G-Moore? Uh, same old down here in Melbourne Town, back in lockdown, number six, love to see it, uh, along with the rest of the East Coast. Not much to report. Yeah. Co- coffee's still good in Melbourne. Well, as always. Can I just say, um, I'm having a very good week because of a reason that Keely and I discovered in the drive Ugh. here. Okay. I, I am so high energy and I'm feeling like my best self in a very long time. And it took me a while to process and it turns out... Thanks to lockdown, making sure I'm on top of everything, I have been regularly taking my iron tablets. Woo! Oh, and also she's eating properly. Yes, I feel so good. And it turns out, you know, after being anemic for a decade, I'm finally taking my medication. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the first segment. Feedback feels with kills. Was that good? That was good. Fabulous. All right. So this is what I've got today, guys. Thanks again for joining to my segment. I like guys. Guys. Um, all right. So I got a cute ad story that I didn't tell either of you, um, which I'm not sure if you picked up on. But anyways, it's fine. So i got to give a shout out to um, a friend of mine, Jazz, um, who is a coach and has a group chat with two athletes that she coaches. Um, and this is a big shout out to Felicia because I know she's going to freak out and probably message us. Bye, Felicia. Um, so I'm going to read so- out the screenshot of the conversation um, that Jazz sent me. And Felicia um, has said, I want to see you in this sports podcast I've been following. And Jazz says, which podcast? And Felicia says, Chicks and Balls, I love it so much. And Jazz says, oh my God, I know the girls. Love that you're listening to the podcast. And she said, shut up. Actually, I'm smiling so much in maths. Such a small world. They're the reason I know so much about the Olympics. Those Insta posts are the best. Oh, stop it. Yeah. And I so, love her. Yeah. Focus in maths. It's important. But also love <laughs> nah, you. Stop it. Um, yeah, so big shout out to Felicia. Um, if we ever get to, to the um, to the part in our lives where we do some OG merch, we'll send you something. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds, where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. Yes, Things are a little bit different this week. We are starting with our Around the Grounds just to change it up a bit. This first story, um, there's some good parts and there's some not so good parts, right? Just like life. This week is the Women in League Round in the NRL. It is its 15th year and the whole purpose of the round in the words of the NRL is to put a focus on not just the role of women within rugby league but also the gender inequality gap that exists in wider society and they've actually to quote them um, said that at the current rate of progress it will take 136 years to tackle the gender inequality gap and this gap has been widened through the COVID pandemic which I think is like kind of a 
confronting statistic, right? Yeah, that's right? really confronting because we spoke about it today, but how the um, female growth around the game um, is the most, isn't it, over the last yeah, few years? Yeah, it's one of the um, fastest growing fastest growing part of rugby league yeah. is the female participation. Um, so they have a 15% um, growth over the past few years, which is really exciting. And they've got a few different initiatives in place to not just have girls playing the sport, but also be involved in leadership levels, which I think is really important, like the um, female coach mentoring program, which is actually led to having five out of the six NRLW teams now with a female assistant coach. I know. And, and Keely, you know one of them. Yeah, shout out to Kate Mullally, bloody legend. She, um, she told me a couple months ago, I'll have something really cool for the podcast. Can't tell you yet, but... And that was kind of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, righto. And this is obviously it because it got announced the other day. And I'm so stoked for her. And it's so fitting. She is so knowledgeable and so talented within the game. And I haven't been coached by her, but from what I know, a really great coach. So I'm really excited to see how the Eels go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and then there's also a lot of numbers around female referees. I remember, you know, a few years ago when we had a female referee uh, refing the top game for the first time and it was oh, yeah, a really was, big deal. Yeah. Um, but now it seems pretty normal and you don't even realise. Um, but considering all that really good stuff and the way that um, we are seeing some pretty impressive progress, right, in, in the NRL, uh, who are the women in league that you guys think are awesome? Hannah Hollis. Love yeah, her. I love Hannah In media, that's another part of this that is so exciting. There, you know, what, a decade ago, you you were very lucky to see a woman on any kind of footy panel show um, and to have women involved in all the coverage is so incredible. Um, I think for me as well, both Alana Ferguson and Kyle, Kylie Hilda um, both had also other lives in Oztag and Touch Football, which I grew up playing. Obviously, Touch Footy is my sport. but So I saw a lot of them and a lot of people who I look up to looked up to them as well when I was pretty young and um, seeing them around and stuff. So I think they're awesome too. Just seeing them between both leagues, I think it's just because I feel more personable to them. 100%. And especially like mentioning Carly Hilda, who um, of course is the New South Wales women's origin coach and was only playing in origin like last year. Um, and to have her, you know, that, that footage from the, the game on the Sunshine Coast of having Kylie in the New South Wales box and um, Tani Norris in the Queensland box having, you know, both women coaching women, which is how it, it should be. I think that was pretty amazing. And I think we can't go past the superstar players. Of course. Um, the players that we've come across and um, the players that we watch and we just go, holy dooly shit, you are a freak. <laughs> what's, what's that girl's name um, from New South Wales? Southwell. Oh, Hannah Southwell. Oh, freak. Mate, I love her. Tamika Upton. Freak. I mean, watching watching Kezi Apps just pump. Kezi Apps is sick. (laughs) I mean, we're just talking about New South Wales, aren't we? Their G probably not. No, I just said two Queenslanders. What did you say? Taran Aiken and Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. G? No, for sure. I think it's like a super important round. And like you said, not just playing, but at the leadership level. Mm. But even further to that, the people that no one sees ever, regardless of gender, like... I think having had the opportunity of seeing the real insides and background of an uh, NRL club, like it just doesn't tick without the women that are involved. And I think that you could ask a lot of the boys who are playing in the NRL now, well, men, I should say, um, 
like who drove them to training as a kid and who washed the jerseys for the team and who cut the oranges and made sure they were there on Saturdays and you know like women play such fundamental roles in growing athletes from such a young age and then in nurturing them in their professional careers so many of the psychologists across the NRL I know especially are women the physios the doctors it just goes on and on and on so yeah I think the NRL have done a good job at acknowledging those people in the past but it's so important to realize that quite frankly it just wouldn't stay afloat without the gals who run the show yeah the gals absolutely YTG, baby <laughs> so considering all those like really positive kind of progress news and the, all the women that we can name now that when we were growing up we probably couldn't have I guess the question then becomes, you know, why do we still need these rounds? Why do we still need to talk about this stuff? And another story came up during this week in a different code, but I think it speaks to a really important issue that still remains um, that talks to the state of female uh, participation in sport at a grassroots level that I think is a big indicator of how far we have to go. Um, And we saw this... uh, kind of unravel on Instagram um, a woman by the name of Sarita Holland who I believe is the wife of a former AFL player herself she posted um, a picture of her daughter Stevie um, and put this as the caption I'll just read it out to you it was a, it was a beautiful picture of her daughter Stevie um, in her footy uniform and it says imagine this your team finishes third and your brother's team finishes fourth and you're both in division one your brother's get to play finals, but the EDL footy, which is their local footy comp, decides the girls' team don't need a finals round. So you miss out simply because you're a female. But apparently that has nothing to do with gender. Makes zero sense. Please explain. This is a story that, for me, feels really familiar. I don't know about you guys. What, what do you think about this? Yeah, I feel like um, I actually can't recall it happening to me aside actually no I can I can um a couple of times there's been games and finals where we don't have a referee and the boys get the big ref um actually um there was a touch football grand final where um I played the the highest division and the boys div one so is technically underneath myself they got higher refs than we did (laughs) which was ridiculous but I think it was the grand finals for when we played touch league um, and the boys got to play their grand finals on Shark Park. And when we started playing this touch league competition, which was underneath the boys' footy clubs, we played before them. We opened for A, a grade. And yeah, we so. opened for A grade and stuff. And we were so excited because we finished first, so we were going to play on Shark Park. And then um, they turned around and said, no, we're not playing on Shark Park or it's got to be on a different night or a diff- not not when the boys play. They had no room for us on Shark Park. And I had a um, probably one of the most fiery converse- phone conversations of my life with the club ple- president of our footy club we were playing for because it turned out that when it came to the Junior Rugby League um, discussion around when the women's game should be played, our club actually voted against us and we finished first and um, tore shreds off of him. And oh, ne- I didn't even- even play the grand final I played touch yeah you did <laughs> but hey but you know you're more supported in that sport than what we were but yeah, 100%. Um, I abs- I honestly I can't believe I spoke to a grown man like that but I was really mad about it and um, never went back to the club but you know I think these stories are relevant because it tells you something and it indicates your worth as a female playing in the sport at a young age well, I just think what was – how many hundred years did you say before we're equal at 
136. 136 years until adult females are equal. Like Mm. how many more get tacked on top of that when you are talking about 11-year-old girls? Like I have similar memories of, you know, the sisters, just like the sister of the boys who – you know, we followed around for most of my childhood to watch my brother play and I they had some great memories in my life and he was very talented and played lots of high-level football. But there was so rarely an acknowledgement of, you know, the girls who were doing the same things or, you know, the girls who – the sisters who participated in dance or whatever. And, yeah, it's just a tale of as old as time. And I think with this story that came into – a group chat that you're talking about. The Essendon Footy Club released a statement, Essendon Footy Club, not the AFL, the junior club that they were talking about. Um, and it just explained nothing. Like it said, you know, due to COVID, we're looking at rescheduling the final series, like stay tuned, essentially. No apology, no acknowledgement of what would change whether COVID wasn't around. Like, I just think it, honestly, Marley, it takes people like you having conversations with presidents like that who might then one day reevaluate where their opinions lie. But the, I just think poor Stevie, like, yeah. she'd be like, what the hell? I've worked just as hard as you. Yeah. I, and I think that, you know, it might seem like a small deal. It might seem like something that, you know, at the end of the day, she's an 11 year old and, you know, what does it really mean? But when you're that age, even for someone like me, who is not particularly athletic or not good at sport at least, it meant everything to me. And it's where you, you know, you build your best friends, you build community, you feel like you're part of something in a club. If you get disrespected like that, the highest dropout rate of female participation in sport happens at 14. That's a really important age. And we know that if girls are playing sport longer, they have better body image, they have better mental health, they have better relationships. So if you start to damage that for a girl who's just before that really peak time, you're going to increase her likelihood of going, why would I bother playing? Because it really doesn't matter. You know, even if I do watch these AFLW girls who I look up to and I want to be like one day, you know, my club's telling me that I'm not as important. Well, I just thought of a, another story that's I think is really important that I need to share. Um, I need to give a shout out to the Winchester, when Winchester family because at the Canterbury Banks Town Touched um, Club, they're they're the best and they run it. Um, little Frankie Hurley, um, she's a little ten year old and she is a freak of nature. Like if you don't see her on TV, AFLW, NRLW, I'll be very surprised. Um, or just Touch Football Australia, whatever you see. Um, she. Her AFL team, they, they're mixed. They train with the boys and they played a particular drill and um, if you lost, you got out and it ended up that the final two were her and a boy. And the coach said to the little boy, all right, in this situation, like, what are you going to do? And the boy just like drops the ball in front of her and he's like, oh, I won't play because pretty much I don't want to beat Frankie. And she was so angry, so annoyed, like told her mom, like was very much off it and she 100% would have beat the boy. That's the issue. Mm. You know, and I just hear stories like that and I'm like, mm. I just, every time a story like this resurfaces, I think about how lucky we were to have families who were very sports orientated and innately parents who were very encouraging in that space and who were very understanding. My mum has worked in sport her entire life and, you know, come again, come up against men time and time again in various fields. So I could go to her and she would be like, yeah, that's bullshit. But what hurts is thinking about the little girls who probably had to fight to be allowed 
to play footy with their brother because they didn't want to do ballet like their parents wanted them to. Mm. And, you know, you would hope that that's becoming less and less, but we would be pretty naive to think it doesn't exist anymore. There would be little girls out there who fought really hard to get to play footy or to get to play rugby league or soccer or whatever it is, who then when their club turns around, they don't have parents who think it's important to fight for it Mm. in that way. So they're like, you know, told you. It's a boy sport. You're always going to have to be second to the boys. So, you know, you just hope that there are parents involved in all of those clubs who are willing to stand up for their opportunity to have equal opportunity. Mm. And going back to the original Instagram post that we're talking about in this conversation, the the cool thing and I think the thing that um, reminds me that we are in a much better place than we were even when we were growing up is that in the comment section was your Kennedy Sherrington's. Yes. Was, you know – girls who are playing at the highest level across the codes who were like nah that's bullcrap probably because they've been through the same thing so you know it's changing we do have the role models and the spokespeople to talk about it but yeah it's bullcrap this week it felt like we were having a bit of a groundhog day as once again a number of nrl players took to their socials to expose the vitriol they receive in their dms from so-called fans after bad games as always it was confronting and confounding Some of it was violent and even racist. Yeah, so we saw this kind of kick off with Bulldogs player Jaden Ockenbaugh sharing really disgusting screenshots um, from someone who decided it was their right um, to get in his DMs and and call him very racist things. Um, And then it was followed up with after the Brisbane game last Thursday, um, you know, friend of the show and someone we love very dearly, Jordan Ricky, um, facing it as well. And uh, one of his uh, teammates, uh, Tessie, I'm not sure if his last name. Well, yeah, two Brisbane boys um, faced it as well. And, you know, it's the same old thing, right? They share the screenshots. They talk about the fact that I'm not going to cop this. I'm going to call you out. And then the club's release a statement. We've seen this before. Mm. Why do we think it's happening again? And what do we think the NRL or you know social media channels have to do to stop it I personally think it's happening again because people have nothing better to do at the moment um, and they've probably got nothing to release their anger and stress on from everyone's current situation it's not an excuse and I don't agree with it at all and I would love to know who these people are because a lot of it comes across from anonymous fake accounts and I think um, the social platforms they need to find the email or like they need to go straight to the account email number whatever this person is connected to their account they need to bring the police into it uh, because until you actually put forward in my opinion until you put forward um, a pretty decent consequence it won't stop these kind of people don't learn and they don't stop but at least if you can ban them find them then they'll probably be reluctant to continue they'll say it in their own time and they'll say it around the dinner table but you won't hear about it do you know what i agree in the fact that people are bored and people are angry and people are taking it out on others that don't deserve it but i also find that to be such a cop out from Mm. like a society because quite frankly I promise you now when the cities aren't in lockdown the same racial abuse is happening in players dms and in my opinion it takes one player to be like oh I'm sick of it this weekend and post it and then others follow up really quickly so I would be shocked if these messages hadn't been being received in professional athletes dms across the country this entire year and it's just sort of every time one player steps up and does it everyone else is like an immediate ripple effect but Mm. The most frustrating part about this is a 
it wasn't really a meme, sort of like a quote that circulated social media. I'm sure you guys saw it. I'm sure some of you listeners saw it not long after the Euros grand final where a wife, I believe, of a player or perhaps just a woman in the UK uh, posted saying, don't you think it's funny how Instagram and Facebook have been able to so quickly flag Mm. COVID information? You mentioned the word vaccine, you mentioned the word COVID, you mentioned the word lockdown and that there's a pop-up on your story or your post, whatever it is. I remember posting a photo with a friend of dinner table being like lockdown but make it pasta or something like (laughs) insanely irrelevant. I wasn't encouraging vaccination. I wasn't discouraging. I wasn't doing anything to do with the political side of it and it was flagged. So when people clicked on my story, it would give you the little COVID pop-up. So it's just people being like how like these organisations have the power to censor words and they're just choosing not to do it when it comes to racial abuse. So it is frustrating seeing it in that sense because these are real people, these are real friends of ours, this is a conversation that everyone is sick and tired of having. And, Mm. you know, I don't think that we can truly believe that society is moving quickly enough for this end and I think it really is up to the big organisations to do something about it because they've proven that they can. Yeah, it needs to be stopped. I hate to – I just have to be a bit of a devil's advocate, not a devil's advocate, but just explain like with the – the flagging on on Instagram and stuff. I think when it comes to the COVID stuff, there's really clear words for the AI to learn to to do that for and it becomes really difficult to kind of the nuances of particular language in Australia of like what's going to be an awful message versus in, I don't know, Japan. Like the language and stuff for the AI to catch up to that is really difficult and it also speaks to and without getting too nerdy the biases that are coded into AI so AI finds it difficult to recognize racism and uh, prejudice and and sort of that kind of language because there's biases in it so there's this whole what's AI Artificial intelligence artificial intelligence yeah I was just gonna say that's what you mean yeah because AI has been coded from you know a a western lens or, or by a lot of like white dudes it, it then perpetuates a lot of stereotypes and things like that so there's a whole school of thought that is about decolonizing and, and, and taking the bias out of ai and whatever but that's where it gets difficult as well so i think as much as of 100 we need to the the technology companies need to take accountability and need to do more about it and use i think more real humans to do it but it also lies in the hands of us as human beings to if, if you know someone who has slid into someone's DMs and gone, oh, you screwed my multi, even if it's stuff like that, it's the same way, you know, we used to have these conversations around if you hear someone say something racist, call it out. It doesn't matter who's in the room, call it out. If you hear someone say something sexist, call it out. If you, he- if you hear about someone sliding into a player's DMs and being like, oh, you played crap, you ruined my multi, say, oi, mate, that's not sweet. Like that needs to be a part of it as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree and I completely understand what you're talking about in terms of how difficult it would be to flag that. I think the other thing is is the difficulty a lot of people have in terms of reporting these accounts and getting them blocked. Like it's often such a process yeah. to yeah, so actually annoying. eradicate it. So, you know, yes, there's difficulties with flagging it automatically, but I think for platforms like that, when people or multiple people then bring it to you directly, they've done the work for you. Here's yeah. your evidence. Yeah. Like do something about it. 100%. So, you know, off the back of that, and to top this, this off really um, – 
another story has emerged that you brought to us, G, from a different footy code and it's shocked us even more, I think. Because, this one actually really got to me more. Yeah. This time the story is about an AFL player who is a top player from the Adelaide Crows. He's captain of his football club for many a years. <laughs> reported after being overheard at a reserves grade, referring to one of the men on the field. Who was his former teammate. Former teammate. Uh, Aboriginal man in a very violently racist way. I am completely shocked. First of all, I mean, like, who thinks this way, for starters? But you also play in a sport that is completely dominated by blackfellas. But also, on the back of that, I and I, th- I said this within our group chat, I can't get around it because, for me, your teammates... Are your family, mm. and they're the ones who have your back. They have your back off the field. They have the back. You have. They have your back on the field, and they're the ones you can trust. And especially a former teammate, and even even within the league, and ha- and knowing that you might not have the support of former teammates, other people in the league, that would just crush you so much more. Mm. And it makes me sick. Like honestly, this one really got to me. I have n- absolutely no sympathy for his suspension. I don't even really want to see him play again. Yeah. I just, there's no place for it. Especially, you know what? Even if you did think like that, which is stupid and you're an idiot, but even if you do, why are you vocalizing it? You're in a place where people are going to hear you say that and relay that on. Like, you it's know just why, disgusting. You know why he felt comfortable saying that? Because he said it before and nothing's happened. Yeah. It's telling because in the our country, in so many rooms, exactly what I was just talking about, you can say stuff. And if there's not someone there who feels safe enough, or confident enough or thinks it's their duty to turn around and say, oi, mate, pull your head in, you're a dickhead, yeah. for starters, at the least, then people just say it all the time. This is the kind of stuff that we've – I don't think any Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander person or any person who is not white in this country can't tell you a story where this has happened. Yeah. We've all we've all experienced it, but you just don't expect it in your workplace from a teammate or you know, a brother, as you were talking about it, Keely, in this way they're so flippantly and in, in a – yeah, it's like, really it's just, it, it just In my head, I'm like, when you're within a code and in a high-level sporting code, you're part of the AFL, you're part of the NRL, you're part of the Suncorp Super Netball, they, if they don't have your back, who does? Mm. That's what it's like because mm. when anything happens, you see players across, like, I don't know, when other things have happened, the ones when, we just spoken about. But when they trail, right, yeah, every all player, the boys got behind And him. not even from just from his team, yeah. everywhere. All players were like, yeah, we stand with the trail, we're backing this, we're calling it out. And like, that's why it really bothered me. Yeah. Do you know what is crazy for me is that this player has had a few really significant life events happen, some really traumatic events in his life. As I said, he was captain of the football club for a very long time and he himself has been in positions where the AFL community has rallied around him personally, above mm-hmm. and beyond for various different situations. So you just wonder, you're like, you can't sit there and tell me that you don't know how it feels to feel alone or to feel isolated or to feel ostracised and you don't know how it feels to feel so safe within your community because people get it and people are there to support you. So why would you damage that in any way? And I think the other really important thing is that there would have been an SANFL official whose probably life goal has been to make it to the AFL in what I'm actually still quite unsure what the – official who reported it does i don't know if it's a referee or a sideline or 
I heard it was like someone who's pretty fresh to the space. Okay, someone who's fresh to the space. They have cracked it to the SANFL. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically like the Queensland Cup or the New South Wales Cup. It's the reserve grade for AFL in South Australia. They've made it to the second tier, right? And they're, I imagine, working really hard to make it to the top. So they then sit there and say, do I tear down potentially one of the biggest names in the league and put this on the line because it's the right thing to do? Or do I shut my mouth and keep my head down and work hard and hope that nothing ever comes of this and that someone like him will back me in at the end of the day when it's my turn to go up for the AFL? So not only are you terrorizing and re-traumatizing a whole culture of people but you're putting people around you and like you said not everyone feels safe at the dinner table with their own family let alone with an af a prominent afl player to call it out and to do something about so you're putting people around you in compromising positions where they're then having to choose between the right thing and what's easy or what's good for their career or what's good for their social circles or what's good for their own mental health or like you're compromising people Mm. so it's just goes so, and to that official whoever you were whatever your capacity is like well done I don't yeah. think you're going to have any problems going further in it because it was such a brave move and such a worthy move but yeah it just hurts so, and I'm white and I mm. like it just I can't even imagine the yeah it's frustrating what do you think about the AFL's response Shay? I think this is two-tiered because I think the AFL's swift response was valid and it was good and I think it sent a really strong message because like you said he would have said it before and no one's ever called him out and you know if the punishment is a slap over the wrist it really doesn't deter anyone from doing the same thing moving forward so I think it was valid and important and good how quickly they acted I think the response from the club and the individual probably not as highly commended I think Look, I don't personally think that he will come back from this. I think he is at the back end of his career anyway. And I think that this will see him out the door quietly. It will see him to the... His suspension sees him to the end of this season. So it's Mm. really a matter of whether he comes back or not. Mm. I don't personally know how one would ever come out and address that. I hope to never have to experience that in my entire life. But I didn't think that his video was good Mm. (laughs) to... Like I I thought it was quite soft. It wasn't strong enough. And I have seen a lot of commentary, Tony Armstrong particularly, who is an Indigenous. And And, and wasn't he mates with him? Yeah. 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 And so so apparently, yeah, he roasted him on um, the project. uh, On News Breakfast. Sorry. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. But he's also on the project, Tony. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I actually haven't seen his project. Maybe he did both. Not sure. Mm. Yeah. And he just basically said, I don't know if you've seen the quote, but he basically said, it's always on Indigenous people, always taking the high road and always having to extend the olive branch and be the ones to help. Even if the wording that we heard, he will be the one leaning on Robbie. And basically he did say that in his apology, that he will be leaning on his community and that he'll be leaning on Robbie, the man that he insulted to work through this. And, you know, like I said, I've never been in that position and I don't know how it would feel, but listening to Tony speak in that way made me really reflect on other times that I've seen situations like this unfold or been involved in myself and I'm like wow it really is always them reaching out the olive branch isn't Mm. it like 
I can tell you it's draining. Mm. It's very draining. It's going to be a really hard time. Uh, yeah, um, and I think at the end of the day, like, yep, I think it's been made very clear what we all think of the person who did this, but the most important thing is the well-being of the man it was directed at. Yeah. Because, yeah, you, you can't explain to people what it's like to, to come back from that stuff and you, you know, put on a brave face and we'll just put your head down and keep trying to do what you do. But you take every single th- – Every time you, you've ever seen, heard, had racism directed at you, you carry it with you your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I think it's disturbing that it's happening right now. I know. But I think, and I, you know, definitely have at least one story of a person in another code who's pretty prominent saying something similar like this in an instance from an anecdote. So it's not, it's not just in AFL. It's not just this one thing it's a it's a big problem yeah and I think that for me too like I we've had multiple conversations about this non on air I'm not sure like I'm not about cancel culture like I don't appreciate that road that society is sort of taking more or less I don't I think there needs to be room for growth and education but also like I'm not here to continue elevating people while they do that educating. So it's like, you know, I'm not saying that this is you forevermore and you should have time to educate and reevaluate and go and learn, not just, I'm sorry, but why? Mm. But like, there's also no reason for you to be on our TV screens and getting paid all that money while you're doing that learning. Like take a backseat in my opinion. I seriously could not agree more. You just summed it up perfectly. (laughs) So to wrap up our Pretty footy heavy around the grounds this week. We are stoked to say we've got a little chat with the man behind the cult NRL Instagram account, the one and only NRL roast. Dean has joined us. Thank you so much. How are you going? Fantastic, girls. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate this. Uh, the cult. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. It is a bit of a is a bit of a cult. The page, but I uh, appreciate it. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. So we'd actually really like to know. Um, what made you start the page and, and how long has it been running now? Uh, so it's been going since, so I remember it was February 2017, so uh, four and a half years. Um, the year before, so 2016, I was, um, I'd always messed around with video and editing software and stuff like that. And um, I was like, you know, looking around the NRL pages and it just seemed to be sort of the same sort of generic stuff. And I was like, I think I can I can do something a little bit different. And I just started creating some some stuff. And the very first thing I created was a Karate Kid uh, mashup with Josh Reynolds when he, he got done for tripping in, in June or July of 2016. I was like, I'm going to put his head on Karate Kid and and um, have, him, have him kicking the other the other guy, which is Joel Thompson, I think. And uh, I made it, and it got shown on a Bo Ryan segment on the Footy Show. Ah, so I was like, oh. okay, maybe maybe I have a knack for this. Maybe I, I should do it. And um, someone reached out, and I started doing stuff for another page. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it do it for myself. And so then I just started, and um, yeah, it really took off on Facebook. Like, just shot out. Um, I think I went from like zero to fifty thousand followers like in a year. So oh it was my like gosh. massive. Gee, you had a question on the back of that, didn't you? I do, and this is a conversation that we have in my household all the time. <laughs> yes, and the boys especially. How do you get to everything so quickly? Well, if I don't, someone else will. Yeah, so it's like. Uh, luckily, I, I work in in content, so I, I have a, a content business. So uh-huh. I provide content for other other pages um, and other businesses um, as a way of marketing. So I work from home. 
So I've always got the computer on. Um, I don't have a so boss looking over my shoulder. So you're scrolling all day. I know that sounds really bad. No, like it's, yeah. it's fascinating. It's admirable. <laughs> and do people send you stuff? Do you get a lot of like fan submissions? Yeah, yeah. Not not too much, but, you know, a bit. They'll say, oh, have you seen this? And it'll be like, okay, yep, let's quickly get that out. Or, And it's just knowing that there's other people in this space that will post this stuff if I don't. So it's like, okay, I want to get it out there for the fans to enjoy and I want to be the first place that they come to and, and see it. So if they open their phone, I want to go, let's go to the row, see what he's posted or, hey, someone's talking about, you know, Cooper John's doing something funny or whatever, <laughs> then they might come to my page to try and find it. So, you know, as part of my job, it's like I've learned how to how to do it and how to do it quickly and, you know, that's one of the benefits. So. I was just going to say, so will you have your off-season when the boys have their off-season? Yeah, I do. I, I, so, you know... If you girls, you know, spend, you know, knowing social media, if you spend too much time on it, it sends you crazy. Yeah. So two weeks in January, I, I just, I delete the pages, like not forever. You can just, you can shut them down so that you don't get any notifications and that. And I shut down for two weeks and yeah, just go nice. take the kids on a holiday, um, whatever. And I just don't, even if I'm just staying at home, I lock the, uh, I've got a little office up in the, in the back shed. I just lock the door. I don't go in there for two weeks just yeah. to completely clear the brain because, Otherwise, it'll send me crazy. And yeah, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Speaking about all the amazing content that you create, is there anything that has gone, you know, absolutely crazy viral that maybe surprised you, or yeah, really blew you out of the water, or almost broke your phone? Oh, um, no, it's hard because like a lot of the stuff that. I, in the early days, we'd post and, and um, would get shared around other pages. So you never, whenever they'd post it in a, in a story or something, they wouldn't know the original creator. But um, there was one one thing in the very early days when we were a bit, you know, uh, called the roast for a reason. We, we sort of roasted the players a, a bit much and, and now it's sort of died down a little bit. But um, when Mitchell Pearce and, and Nathan Peets, Nathan Peets was like a serial tweeter like his his tweets would would go viral most of the time and so we we mocked up a tweet of him saying um celebrating the dog's loss and I haven't seen the dogs get hammered that hard since um rooming with Mitchell Pierce in origin oh. <laughs> and uh, oh, it was shit. along those lines it, yeah it probably wasn't that exact but it was along those lines and it it absolutely it was like Fox Sports picked it up um news.com all these news agencies picked it up as a real tweet and oh. Pete, he laughed about it. He, he tweeted, "Look, yeah, there's a funny tweet. Uh, there's a tweet going around, a viral tweet going around. I'll admit it's funny, but it's not me." Yeah. So yeah, I was okay, like, "Okay, fair. cool. He, he's given the tick of approval. It's okay." Yeah. And it was just after the um, the Australia Day um, incident with Mitchell Pearce, so yeah. it was like still fresh in everyone's <laughs> mind. So and fresh. So I think yeah, I that, that's probably the biggest that, one. That's a funny Far man. Out. That is yeah, and it's like especially. Yeah, you, you can. It can go so wrong, but it's good if it's um, you know, if something you can laugh sport. about. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, um, the last bit we wanted to talk to you about is probably um, you know, most most important. Heading into this final series, who are you backing? You, I can't go past the storm. They've yeah. just been that dominant. Um, you know, <laughs> they're um, what is it, seventeen in a row now? It's 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 almost like you know, the story is. When will they, if they lose, like, or they go the rest of the year undefeated? So, or, you know, which, which team's going to knock them off? And I don't really see any team like, you know, Panthers still have Nathan Cleary to come back. They're still going to be a force. I don't like, I don't think anyone's going to, um, or should be writing them off just yet. But 
the Storm are just that dominant. I just don't see anyone stopping them. Yeah, they're so clinical in their performances. Yeah. So on top of the amazing content that you produce on Instagram, you're now, you know, getting into the podcasting world, which we love to see. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that and when we can expect to hear from you in that sense? Yeah, so like, you know, there's so many, you know, pages doing doing a podcast now and I was like, I've never really got into it. I sort of listen to a few every now and then. It's not something regular and I'm like, you know, so many people doing it. What can I sort of do uh, around that space? And I've always been passionate about um, content creation. Um, that's my job and, and that's what I do. So I'm like, there's so many different creators out there that people either haven't heard of or are in, in doing different areas. So I'm like, well, I just want to focus on um, speaking to some of them, um, getting them out in the open, using my platform to um, help promote them, um, get them out so everyone can see them. And along the way, you know, speak to a few athletes um, from a different area of, of not just rugby league. Obviously, there'll be a, a few rugby league people in there and, and that is my bread and butter. So I will speak to a few of them, but mostly athletes that may have grown up playing league or follow a team. Um, you know, there's people in, in cricket scenes that love rugby league and there's people in all these different sports that, that love rugby league and I want to get their stories out there as well. So, um, yeah, mostly just speaking to different content creators like yourselves, um, people on YouTube, people on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, other podcasts that don't have such a big following and, and try and help them promote to get their, their stories out there. Yeah, cool. Amazing. Well, we definitely can't wait to listen and not just to the one that we're featured in. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's really cool to see you move in that space as well. And, um, yeah, we, we love what you do. So appreciate um, you coming on and, and, yeah, good luck with it all. And look forward to working with you in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. We're, like, we're definitely going to be overdue for a beer when lockdown's over. Oh, there's like I've got a thousand beers backed up with with people, and I can't wait to down them all. So, <laughs> yes. so good, yeah, we love it. Um, appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. You the real MVP. Now we come to a segment that we call MVPs, where we each award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something they've done that's brought us a bit of joy. You know what? I'm going to kick us off. My MVP is a guy who goes by the name of Sergeant Silver and is not our dad. It is a horse. It is a racehorse. His name is Sergeant Silver. He is a three-year-old grey chestnut gelding um, that was trained and raced at Eagle Farm. He... There's a lot of, okay, look, I looked up all this punter's information trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to horse racing. But the reason that Sergeant Silver, the horse, is my MVP this week is because over the weekend, one of my dad's best mates gave him a call and said, mate, I've been looking to have a bet this weekend and I found a race that you absolutely need to put a bet on on this particular horse because its name is Sergeant Silver, my father and... My father is a sergeant in the police force and yeah. his last name is Silver. And it was spelled exactly the same. So we're like, this is an omen. This is an omen. He was paying $19 to win. Big odds. Didn't matter. It was an omen. So dad put a bet on. Keely put a bet on. This horse. Marley and mum did not put bets on. I've also Kids. found out. Chickens. I've also found out that this is the first time this horse has won. Oh, that's intense. How crazy is that? So the horse wins. Is not meant to be in it, but absolutely smashes the competition. First ever win, and I reckon it's because we put money on it yeah, as a family. Oh, it's hundred percent. It was. It wasn't as a family. You don't get any of the winnings. I know, it but I want Dad the glory. I. I don't care about the winnings. It was, I want the it glory. It was Rodney and I, and that's it. But anyway, 
bloody love to hear it from that horse. A successful punt. Ew. Keely. Marley. Who's your MVP? (laughs) (laughs) My MVP is, and should be no shock to anyone, the Boomers, um, but more so the man, the myth, the legend, Paddy Mills. What a man. What a man. If you didn't watch the bronze medal match, go back and watch it. Grow up. It'll be one of those things we look back on in 20 years' time. 100%. I just think Paddy Mills is the epitome of Australian sport. He represents us so well and I think he's when he starts crying like everyone was crying he cried as soon as the game finished his post-match interview was so lovely and you know all about the culture and the sports culture that we have which we talk about all the time um, and I think it's really cool and and as a nation we, we should be so proud because that's something that um, we're so consistent with our sporting culture the team culture um, I know Matisse Thibel commented on it a lot, um, which you spoke about last week, but oh, you're dancing. I was like, why have you got your hand up? <laughs> G Moore's dancing, raising the roof. Um, and I think how he said, um, you know, the old boys, they laid the platform. And I think that's something we always talk about as well. We have so many people, um, you know, paving the way for us. And I just think Paddy Mills, what a guy. What a guy. Well-deserved goat. Goat, goat. status. Goat. G Moore. Speaking video, of goat status. Uh, sorry, just ba- the video of them dancing and oh, drinking to, to Down Under. Down Under. Oh. Doing shots off his medal. Thank oh. you. Good night. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love them. And that <laughs> so video, much. like I have never, ever wanted to be at a party so bad in my yeah. life. <laughs> and I spent Get me to that party. most of the last 18 months in lockdown. So like I've <laughs> wanted to be at a lot of parties, but holy heck, wanted to be there dancing with them. What a time. Any, anywho, speaking of goats, <laughs> <laughs> Messi is my MVP this week. If you don't know who I'm talking about, he is one of the greatest soccer players of all time. He's Lionel my MVP Messi. this week because he left Barcelona. Touchwood, this remains fact until Thursday when this episode airs. We're yet to know where he's going, so we can't say that yet, but... He joined Barcelona when he was 13 years old, famously signing his first contract on a serviette and debuted in the first team at the age of 16 years, four months and 23 days. That is just wild in itself. Wild. That's MVP worthy in itself. Period. So he leaves Barcelona now at the age of... 33 so he's been there for 21 years he's most you think he's so much older than that eh? yeah that's that's as long as i've been alive like he's insane so he and he's done so much for the sport well it's not actually it's two years but you know yeah um done so much for the sport that i won't even read out the list of awards and trophies that and accolades that he has won with barcelona but his most recent contracts have been 70 million euro a year uh which is Wild, But the fun fact about that is I tried to find out like how much he has made from Barcelona total in his career and I couldn't find that. But I can find out that over the years it averages out to that he has made more than a million dollars a week in his career at Barcelona starting at the age of 13. So I think there was like 
it was huge when he signed. Obviously, he was still school age and he had to move his family and all of those things. But he has just been an icon for the city, the country, the world, really. Um, and his press conference was so like, you know, this is a team that's financially struggling a bit now. So he offered to take a 50% pay cut to be able to stay at the club, which... I mean, it's still 35 million euro a year, but um, they just couldn't work out the finer details. So I think he leaves with like a lot of honour and grace and like no burnt bridges there. And his emotion in the interview is just so raw. And like, I can't say that I've sat down and watched hours of him play, but you know him as the icon that he is and that the good person that everyone speaks so highly of. So it was pretty emotional seeing it all sort of unfold. Massively. And I also learned, shout out to the soccer boys, Cammy Dev and Lockie Wales, they were telling me that um, all the clubs in Spain actually tried to put forward as much money as they could left over to just try and make up anything because everyone just wants him to stay. And it, I obviously so emotional and watching him cry. And even just the two photos of like where it started, hmm. where, it's, where he is now. Oh my gosh, insane. But yeah, crazy. And just also like I think it speaks volumes of him as a person, but also Barcelona as a yeah. football club. If you do like... Child athletes are so often ruined and so often come out years later with a documentary of how they spiraled because of the pressure on them as a kid. And Touchwood will never see that from him. But mm. I think to be signed at such a young age and to stay there and to commit and to want to stay for 21 plus years, it speaks volumes of how they clearly treated him as a child and like were happy to grow him and happy to let him have that childhood and to still develop for so long. Because if you, you know... If they weren't that great to you as a kid, you would have been out of there at 18. Like, 100%. Phenom. Great. Great MVPs. Now we come to our final segment of the show, which is our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. G-Moore, why don't you kick us off with this one? I shall. Um, I'm going to save the Paralympics for next week when it's a bit closer, but just get your mind warmed up for it. My recommendation this week is Invictus, the movie, which I believe we neglected to include in our greatest sporting movies of all time conversations. True. Which is dismal from all of us. Offensive. It's offensive. It's offensive uh, to Morgan Freeman and everyone involved. Um, I stumbled across it in my movie viewing for lockdown times and realized that oh my god it was one of the greatest films of all time and I remember the first time going to see it I went with my grandma and my mum and my cousins and they all like my sister and my two cousins all fell asleep in the cinema and I didn't because I was so affixed by the phenomenon of the movie it's incredible do you remember the the poem that Nelson Mandela's character what's it called uh or do you remember how it goes God, I was obsessed with it. Is it the it. one about like if you unwillingly let others? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh so my God. it's actually not by Nelson Mandela. No, Someone no, no. else said it. But yeah, it's the whole one where it's like by letting your own light shine, you unconsciously yes. allow others to do the same. Yes, and I had that printed out and in my room. I, did I was a so obsessed year with that. nine assignment on that quote. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it's about the South African Springboks rugby union team. Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, Morgan Freeman's in it as Nelson Mandela. It's phenomenal. Go watch. I swear dad made us watch that. Oh, I remember. I think I saw it at the cinemas as well. Also fitting because it touches really beautifully on race. Yes. And also Matt Damon does a surprisingly good South African accent. He does. Yeah, he does. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Um, I'll go next. 
My one to watch is actually a one to follow this week and it was literally one that I have been enjoying because of all the COVID stuff and you just don't want to look at it in your feed and, um, yeah, I just want happy stuff. And it is the at the happy newspaper on Instagram. They really just focus on happy news stories and post about it all the time. And the other day I shared it on my story. Um, there has been a really high number of blue whales spotted. Yeah, so and cool. that makes me really happy. I love whales. I have a whale tattoo. Whales are amazing. And it made me happy. And I was like, this, we need more of this. There so was so, another it. thing shared about the Great Barrier Reef the other day too. And I just always – the. Um, Want to be safari driver in me is just so grateful a little bit for lockdown um, and because people can't travel and pollute because yeah. the animals are loving it and the yeah. wildlife is loving it. Nature yeah. is healing. We love yes. it. So, yes, the happy news paper on our Instagram. All right. I'm, I'm just going to be a little bit biased here, but my one to watch is the best this week mm-hmm. um, and we'll all be watching. Do you Why know what? You- I went to put it down as mine and then I looked and saw it was yours. Like I typed it and then I was like, oh, never mind. Uh-huh. Uh, well, to be fair, I knew that we'd all want this, so it's fine. I did it. So for the we team. concur. It's the yes, best. exactly. This Saturday at <laughs> one p.m., the major semi-final for the SunCorp Super Netball will be played between the Giants and the Swifts. Yeah, in if you don't know anything about netball, it is one of the biggest rivalries since the Giants began. And um, our lovely friend of the show, who we're Kind of going for, definitely going for. 100% going for. 100% um, going ja- for. Great. Jamie, you guys sweet. know I am very yeah. open with our bias towards the Giants on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. I'm really glad. <laughs> All right, fabulous. Because on the court, we hate the Swifts. Um, but we, we will be going for the Giants. Um, JLP, Jamie Lee Price um, will be killing it on the court. And Maddie uh, Hay, another friend of the show. Yes. Will be. She, she loves the show. You yeah, know she's that. great. Too. She's great. She's a um, shy girl. Yeah. Shout out to try. Something in the water in the yeah, Something in the water in the <laughs> um, It's going to be a great game. Get amongst it. The other semi final is also on, and it's all going to be shown on nine, which is really cool. Yes. Um, but obviously, the major one is that one. And hopefully, if the Giants win, they'll be straight through the grand final, which would be great. Yo, yo, yo. They and were the la- minor premiers too, so let's go. Yes. yes. In the last two years, they missed out on, on finals and that, and they've had a rough trot. So it'd just be an absolute. It'd be their first. They've also premier. potentially had the most turbulent. COVID interrupted year. Obviously, all the teams had, but the Giants in particular have had some weird like travel mishaps and isolation mishaps. So, yeah, the they girls. deserve it. And get it done. Um, I have to give a quick shout out to the physio, Gemma Vale, who um, um, is one of my work colleagues. And I spoke, we spoke to her yesterday on Zoom and um, she'll be working very hard this week. They had two ankle injuries on the weekend and they were left with one person on the bench. Holy. Um, so, I'm absolutely all faith and go the Giants. Go the Giants. Well, that brings us to the end of our 23rd episode. Yes, sir. Holy. Jordan episode. Yo, yo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll cut that. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Give us a five-star rating if you're listening on Spotify. Hit that follow. Check out our official Chicks and Balls Pump Up and Country Music playlist. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and on Twitter at Chicks and Balls No, no Pod. Beauty. All right. We love hanging out with you guys. Our DMs are always open. And other than that, we'll catch you next time. And don't forget, it's nice to be nice.